0: to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 42. Thanks for listening. That's right, I'm flying solo today. Well, not entirely solo. The kids are off this week. I decided to give them a break. You should do that every once in a while with your kids. They can only spend 18 hours a day doing your work for you. You need to give them some time off. But I do have a co-host of sorts with me Today, I have Bug. Bug is a four-month-old puppy who is curled up in my lap right now, taking a little nap. She's recovering from some minor surgery and was not in a mood to go sit in a pen while I recorded a podcast. So I said, okay, Bug, you can come be my co-host because there's nothing puppies love more than talking about video games. Well, okay, there's a few things. There's toys and food and being petted and pooping. So okay, I guess there's actually a lot of things I like more than talking about old video games, but here we are. So if you hear a puppy yawn or a squeaky toy, just know that that's not me. At least not this time. I left my squeaky toys in the other room. Okay, so episode 42, The Meaning of Podcast Life Revealed, as Douglas Adams foretold, for all you Hitchhiker's Guide nerds. So this should be a great episode if we're going to learn the meaning of life. Or maybe we're just going to blow 30-odd minutes on an old video game and move on to episode 43. It's hard to tell right now. The episode just started. In other news, Atari movie update. I haven't done an Atari movie update for a while, so get ready. Here it is. I got nothing. I still have not been called to write either the Centipede or Missile Command movies. I'm continuing to get new listeners out there. Thank you very much for that. And you may not realize that part of your obligation in listening to this show is to not only listen to the show which I am grateful for, not only to leave a review on iTunes, which I am also grateful for, not only if you're able to visit my Patreon page, if you can do that, your big obligation here, that all that stuff is great, but your big obligation here is to get me a gig as a Hollywood screenwriter for Atari writing these movies, and it hasn't happened yet, so, you know, let's go, guys. I'm, uh, I'm waiting. I got my pen and my bottle of whiskey, and I'm ready to start writing, so... Let's get on that Feedback We got lots of feedback this week This is actually feedback related to episode 40 Which was the M.A.S.H. episode The way that I produce these episodes these days I wasn't able to get back to this feedback For the last episode, Haunted House So I thought I would catch up now The feedback on M.A.S.H. basically amounts to You all really like my kid Henry He is unique He brings a unique perspective By which I mean Bouncing off the walls bonkers Perspective To these episodes And don't worry, he'll be back sometime. But you had lots to say about his previous appearance, meaning M.A.S.H. Of course, he was on last week for Haunted House as well. Master Fruby, P-H-R-U-B-Y, wrote on the Atari Bytes notes page that he thought the episode was a great podcast. Henry should be on every episode. Love his insights and his chitty chat chat. Of course, that's sort of become Henry's signature phrase, chit chat, when he's tired of listening to you. And because he's a seven-year-old boy with the attention span of, well, I was going to say of the puppy sitting in my lap, but my puppy's been quiet for a long time this morning already. So I would actually say her attention span is longer than Henry's. So what Henry likes to say when he's tired of listening to you is chit-chat. So you will probably hear more of that when he comes back. So thanks for that comment, Master Frooby. Keep the comments coming. Jim Fullerton at yinxy, Y-N-X-Y, on Twitter commented that he just listened to the Mass show, thought it was awesome, and pointed out, I think probably correctly, that Henry forgot to give me a copy of his show notes. Show notes. If you've heard a an episode that Henry's featured on, you'll know that he pretty much talks about whatever he wants to talk about. Uh, no, uh, full disclosure, he does not share his show notes with me before the episode. Jim also correctly points out that maybe I should get him on decaf. I think that is an excellent suggestion. I am also considering taking away his heroin. I'm just kidding about that. Don't write me angry letters or turn me into the authorities. No heroin for Henry. A steady supply of sugar and caffeine, of course, but no illegal drugs, because, you know, I might be a bad parent, but I'm not a horrible parent. All right, so Jim, thanks for that comment. Keep them coming. Our old buddy, Sean, co-host of Pie Factory, responded and to some extent, I think, took exception with... Henry and my discussion of the fact that the Pie Factory podcast, while being an excellent podcast that you all should listen to once you're done listening to this episode, you know, despite that, it it really has nothing at all to do with Pie. It's a video game, an arcade game, particularly, uh, podcast, and we were commenting that Pie Factory may be kind of a silly name. So Sean wrote in to tell us, please tell Henry we will do our best to incorporate Actual pie discussion into Pie Factory Podcast, and that we appreciate the suggestion. Truth be told, though, I'm not much of a pie fan. I much prefer cake. I kind of have to agree with Sean on this, although I will shove old ladies out of the way to get at some good blueberry pie or pecan pie. But other than that, yeah, I probably want a piece of cake. However, Sean says, I do enjoy a good peanut butter pie. Oh, yeah, that's my other link that I will shove young children out of the way for. And then he mentions, actually, he mentions blueberry pie. The blueberry pie you can get at Delicious Orchards in Colts Neck, New Jersey, is just flipping amazing. So if anyone lives in or near Colts Neck, New Jersey, Sean and I would like you to send us some blueberry pie. So get on that. We got our forks ready. And then Sean says, and the chocolate cream pie at Who's Your Mama locations in Ukrainian Village in Chicago and in Evanston is an I won't count all the m's here, but basically what it says here is is mmm. So there, three pies we can talk about, I guess. I wanna hold off on the blueberry pie until we get closer to Thanksgiving, when I'll be in New Jersey enjoying some D.O. Bloob pie. Oh, Bloob as in blueberry. I get it. A Thanksgiving tradition. I take exception with that, Sean. At Thanksgiving you eat pumpkin pie, you eat pecan pie, maybe you eat apple pie. But there has to be a damn good reason for it. Otherwise, you eat pumpkin pie, you eat pecan pie, you do not eat other pie. I have spoken. I have a podcast. I know stuff. Sean says, regarding the New Jersey pie, they actually have traffic cops stationed there the day before Thanksgiving because of the insanity. I guess referring to Delicious Orchards. Apparently it's mayhem at Delicious Orchards. Every pie lover for himself, I would guess. I'm adding all that. I'm picturing a. I'm, what I'm picturing actually is a scene from a really, really old, it's gotta be hundred years or close to it now, not quite a hundred, close to it. A silent Laurel and Hardy film called. Actually, I think it's a lost film, but I think this the little bit of footage for this scene is still around. Where there's just this massive pie fight, the, the climax of the short film, silent film, is this huge pie fight. And that's what I'm picturing Sean describing at Delicious Orchards. By the way, if it didn't make me even more nerdy than I am now, I would probably be hosting a Laurel and Hardy podcast, because along with old Atari games and the Peanuts gang, I am a nerdy fan for Laurel and Hardy. So if any of you have any thoughts on Laurel and Hardy, or Pi, or Sean's comments, drop me a note or an audio submission, and I will happily include that in the episode. But wait... Sean has more to say. Sorry, Sean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. He says, And I do need to respectfully offer a correction. Hey, Sean. Nobody said you could correct my kid. Except me. Unless my wife tells me I'm wrong. Sean says, Technically, in a way, we almost kinda sorta did talk about a video game involving pies. Donkey Kong. What? In fact, that's the game that gave our podcast the name Pie Factory Podcast. I mean, yeah, technically those things are containers of fresh cement. But colloquially that screen is often referred to as the Pie Factory. Perhaps you should have have Henry see the arcade games Pie Factory screen and ask him what he thinks those things are. I'm trying to picture that in my head, and I guess I have heard this before. Probably on Pie Factory. Sean wonders, I'm curious as to whether Henry thinks the other name we were thinking of, Buzzard Bait, would have been a better name. I would like his opinion on that. I will ask him, Sean. My guess is he's definitely going to say Buzzard Bait is a better name just because it's fun to say. And he will probably say it over and over and over again, much to the annoyance of his family. So, you know what, on second thought, I'm not going to mention it to him at all. Anywho, please tell Henry thank you for his input. Piefully yours, Sean. Thanks always uh, for writing in, Sean. You've been a buddy to the show since the beginning. You always have great thoughts and occasionally great helpful suggestions. But you've been always been very supportive of this show and the uh, Charlie Brown podcast, so I appreciate that. And everybody, like I said, I wasn't kidding. When you're done with this episode, go listen to Pie Factory if you don't already and drop it into your regular podcast rotation because it's it's just a good time. All right, one more thing. As a side note, in the MASH episode, I mentioned how, as a kid, I was a big fan of action figures. I had G.I. Joe action figures and Star Wars, and uh, I even had some Love Boat action figures. And then, of course, I had to explain to my kid what Love Boat was. But I threw in how empty my childhood was. Because I didn't think that you could get M.A.S.H. action figures. M.A.S.H., if you know the show, seems like an odd choice to make an action figure. But, on the other hand, they made Love Boat action figures. And I was always very sad as a kid that I couldn't find any M.A.S.H. action figures. They just didn't make them. Well, I should have known, as soon as I said that, somebody would prove me wrong. And... It probably took Ferg, the man, the legend, from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, a show you should listen to after this one and after Pie Factory, and add to your regular rotation if you're not already. But who am I kidding? You probably already do listen to that show. Ferg, it probably took him about four seconds to find on eBay a ton of M.A.S.H. action figures and send me the link. So now I feel very stupid because, of course, I could have done that myself. But in my head, they just never existed at all. So it didn't even seem worth the time to go look for them. But apparently they did. And I checked them out. I don't have any yet. Uh, Santa, if you're listening, make note of that. But they look, I'm going to say, creepy? Let's just say, from the picture anyway, the likenesses are pretty zombie-like. So it's sort of like zombie mash action figures. But, you know, I'm just happy to know that they're out there. And, like I said, zombie or not... I will take the whole set, Santa, if you can hook me up. That would be awesome. Speaking of Santa, this is the part where I do a little advertising. You may know that I've mentioned from time to time, like when I talked about writing a movie for Atari, or when I talked about... I don't talk about what I do other than this podcast much, because mostly what I do is sit in dark rooms and drink whiskey. But one of the things that I do other than this podcast is I write. I haven't written a movie before, but I've written plays, Uh, short stories, and many years ago, I wrote a novel called In the Saint Nick of Time. It's sort of a Santa Claus story, but for adults. It's a book about Cameron Jones, a writer who's prone to hallucinations on the verge of losing his daughter Holly when she is getting ready to move to England with her mother, his buddy Dogwater Hunt, who's an alien abductee and conspiracy theorist who is terrified of Christmas tree lights, and convinced that aliens are going to visit Earth on Christmas Eve, much like Santa. And the third character in the trio is Saint Nick himself, who, after centuries of Yuletide spirit, is all jollied out and he has decided to quit. So these three men are thrown together during the holiday season, and weirdness, and a little bit of fun, and I hope a lot of heart are the result. Uh, I mention it now, of course, because reading into November, December, the holiday season, if anyone is inclined to read a book like that, I hope you will think about checking it out. You can probably order it anywhere that you like to buy books. I will, for convenience, throw an Amazon link into the show notes. If you want to check it out, I'd appreciate it. If you do check it out, please leave a review, because uh, it helps other people find the book, and you know and let me know what you think. Keep in mind, this is, a, as I said, a Santa Claus story for adults, which is a weird concept, I know, but it really is not for the kids. There are (gasps) some naughty words, and some adult themes, and there may or may not be some gunplay. So, you know, give it some thought, be into it for yourself. If you know someone who might like sort of an odd premise for a book like that, I hope you'll consider picking it up for them. And that's the end of the commercial, so on with the show. This week's game is Mega, Mega Mania, It's Gonna Drive You Insane. I'm pretty sure that was a commercial that ran when I was a kid. I didn't go looking for it on YouTube, but... You can certainly do so. Uh, It's a 1982 Activision game. We do love us some Activision around here, so we're pretty excited about that. Mega Mania was definitely my jam as a kid. This This was my game. That photo of me as a kid on my Atari Bytes page is me next to the TV trying to show you my high score on Mega Mania, but of course in the photo you can't really see what's on the screen, and I can't remember what the score was. But that's what the photo was trying to show, and I'll talk more about that. a little bit. Looking at the manual, I really want someone to make me a nice framed print of the artwork on the front of the manual. It's very 80s, very Atari, and it's just kind of a cool looking thing. So looking at the manual, the front cover tells us, if you think Mega Mania is just another space game, you're dreaming. And that dream will become a nightmare, a space nightmare. So prepare yourself for one of the most unreal experiences you'll ever encounter. Read these instructions before you begin. Give yourself a fighting chance. Wow, I'm a little scared now. Alright, let's turn to the next page. You control a fleet of mobile blasters at the bottom of the screen under constant attack by wave after wave of outrageous objects. Your goal is to accumulate points by knocking out as many enemy objects as possible before your fleet is destroyed. Here's how to start. Basically, hook up the game. There are four games. Game 1 is a one-player guided missile game. Game 2 is a two-player guided missile game. The two players take turns, so you don't play at the same time. Game 3 is a straight-missile one-player game, and Game 4 is the straight-missile two-player taking turns game. In Games 1 and 2, you can control the direction of your missile after it has been fired by steering it with your joystick controller. Also, you can fire continuously by holding the red button down on your joystick. In Games 3 and 4, fired missiles streak straight up, and your blaster will fire single shots only. Use of joystick controller. Hold joystick controller with the red button in the upper left position. Think about putting that to music. We know how to start new games and stuff. Reinforcements. You begin each game with three blasters in reserve. For each 10,000 points you score, you're given an additional blaster. You can only have up to six reserve blasters on the screen at one time. Scoring. Each time you destroy an attacking object, you score points. The point values for each object are listed below. Hamburger's. 20. Cookies. 30. Bugs. 40. Radial tires. 50. Diamonds. 60. Steam irons. 70. Bow ties. 80. Space dice, 90. These point values apply for the first attack cycle only. After the first cycle, each object is worth 90 points. Each attack cycle consists of all eight waves of objects. See Mega Cycle under special features. Bonus points. You receive bonus points for each energy unit you have remaining at the moment you destroy the last object in an enemy wave. Each energy unit is worth the point value of each attacker in bonus points. For example, In the first wave, if you have 30 energy units left after destroying all the attacking hamburgers, you will be awarded 600 bonus points. There are 80 total energy units in your energy bar in the beginning of each wave. The energy bar. Always keep an eye on your energy bar. It indicates the expenditure of energy with the passage of time. If the energy bar reaches zero and you still haven't wiped out an attacking wave, you lose your blaster. But when you completely wipe out a wave, the energy bar will recharge and the next wave will appear. Mega cycle. When you have destroyed all of the objects in all 8 of the enemy waves, you're just beginning. All 8 of the waves will return for a rematch. And the better you get, the better they get. The shapes will be the same, but the colors will be different, and the objects will take on more sophisticated motion patterns and evasive actions with each new cycle. Megasphere. Each of the enemy objects travels in an orbital path. When an object disappears at the off the bottom of the screen, it will return at the top of the screen. If an object goes off-screen on the right side, it will be back to get you from the left. To learn to play this game successfully, you'll have to develop a sense of rhythm and anticipation. You do this by becoming expert at the tactics of hit and run. Always be aware of your position in relation to enemy fire. It takes only a subtle move to dodge enemy disintegrators, but you must move or you're fried. Also, if an attacker touches your mobile blaster, you lose that blaster, but don't panic. Even though the enemy gets very close, you can still destroy them. Once you have wiped out an entire wave, you have a brief rest while the energy bar recharges. Try and recall the next wave, anticipate, and prepare your attack strategy. How to join the Activision Megamaniacs! If you've reached a score of 45,000 points or more, you are eligible to become an official Megamaniac. Simply send us a picture of your TV screen showing your score along with your name and address, and we'll send you an official Megamaniac emblem. I think that's what the picture that I was referring to before was meant for, although, honestly, I can't recall if I ever actually got my Mega Maniac emblem. How to become a Mega Maniac, tip from Steve Cartwright, designer of Mega Mania. Steve Cartwright is a senior designer at Activision. His first release, Barnstorming, which we did previously on this show, set a new standard for brilliant graphics in the video game industry. Quote, I hope you enjoy my latest work, Mega Mania. Here are a few pointers I'd like to share with you all of my fellow medium maniacs. I recommend that you try to stay in the center of the screen. This keeps you from getting trapped in a corner and also gives you the side to side flexibility necessary to guide your missiles effectively. And here's a piece of advanced strategy to really help boost your scores. Bonus points are awarded depending on your energy remaining at the time you destroy the last object in a wave. So if you have built up your reserve ships and you are nearing the end of a wave, go ahead and sacrifice a ship. Your energy will be fully recharged and if you can quickly destroy that last attacker in a wave, you'll pick up maximum bonus points. It's really wild out there. But please take a couple of minutes and let me know how you're doing. Remember, all of us Maniacs are in this thing together. Alright, so that's how you play Mania after the break. Let the mayhem begin. Hello, welcome to Mania Bucks. May I take your order? I'd like to order a mania please? Certainly. Will that be tall, grande, or venti? I want mega size. (gasps) Do you really think you can handle mega mania? Definitely. Would you like a shot of espresso? Of course. I really like this game. I'm sure I said this in the setup for the, this week's episode, but I just really do like this game. It looks good. I oh, love the sound of the energy bar regenerating, energizing, regenerating, whatever. I like the sound of the blaster, I like the way the aliens move, and the fact that every board is slightly different in the look and the movement. It's a little frustrating that your blaster can can only move horizontally and not vertically. Oh man, I like that sound, but I can live with that. This field report would not be an hour plus, but as a kid, it was nothing for me to spend an hour or more on a um, one game of Mega Mania. I couldn't get anyone to play with me. get in these zones where I wasn't even really watching the game, in a sense. I was just firing and hitting everything. It's a little harder when you're um, considerably older and trying to record a field report at the same time. But I still got two extra guys left. The blasters are interesting. They look to me maybe a... a little bit like the uh, computer graphics image of the Enterprise, like on a, a scanner in one of the movies, or a TV show. Also maybe kind of looks like a Klingon Warbird, perhaps. I don't know, someone who's more of a Tretti than me could probably tell me that I'm completely wrong about both of those guesses and it really looks like a, I don't know, some ship from some episode. So, you know, go ahead write in or send me an audio submission or something that says, you know, that proves me wrong. I am happy to be proved wrong. Don't tell my wife I said that. Oh, I've been ironed. I also kind of like that the aliens you're fighting sort of have these whimsical shapes. You got... These irons that I'm shooting right now. We had space dice, which kind of look to me like blobs of unbaked chocolate chip cookie dough. Um, bow ties, diamonds, those things that kind of look like space Oreos, but I think they actually call hamburgers. I'll have to look at the manual again. Uh, the tires that are pink. Mirror bow tie. Mirror mirror bow tie. Yes. Whoa, space dice. Yeah, I like how the space space dice just fill the screen, just plummet at you. Whereas like the bow ties that I just shot at were kind of swooping in from the left. And sometimes you got them coming from both directions. I just like the uh, thought that went into giving us some variety of what to shoot at, unlike space invaders. Now we're back to the green. We're on the second level, I guess. And the space Oreo Hamburger things are green now. I guess the next green are the supposed to be the cookies. I find second level Oreos, the red ones, to be really tough for some reason. I think it's because of the shifting movement, left to right, right to left. And there's so many at once. you'll never take me alive I don't usually talk about scores on this show but I'm at about 35-5 now low score for me, but of course I'm not done yet. And it's way off from what I would do as a kid. all over me. Ah. Getting sloppy. Ooh. Last guy. This could be my... Denim on, If you will. Together. And that's it. Forty eight five ninety. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds stomped all over my butt. Alright, back to you in the studio. Okay, I think I've mentioned once or twice, but it bears repeating. I like this game. A lot. It has good color. The graphics are great. Although the mission doesn't really change from screen to screen, unlike in Space Invaders, There's variety in the way the targets move. It's not just line by line, marching straight to doom, Revolutionary War or Ancient Rome style. The enemies actually put a little strategy into it as far as how they try to attack you. Sometimes they come straight down from the top, like in Space Invaders. Sometimes they swoop in from one side or the other. Sometimes they swirl around. Um, It helps break things up a little bit and make you think a little differently about how you're shooting. I even like the sounds, and I don't say that about a lot of these games, because there's a lot of these games where the sound is awful, and more than awful, uh, flat-out annoying, but I really like the sounds in this one. The blaster sound is cool, the energy bar recharging is a very satisfying thing to listen to. Uh, I wouldn't put it on an album and play it. It as background music for my life, but for the game, it makes it very enjoyable. So, if you don't have Mega Mania, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of you do, because I think this was probably a go-to game for a lot of people. But if you don't, go check it out. But, as great as the game is, I had never really given much thought until now as far as what, what is the story in the game. Of course, that's what we do here at Atari Bytes. We, look, we think about what is the story that the game is trying to tell us and what I think of when I think of this game, because it's not simply aliens attacking you, it's tires and bow ties and space dice attacking you. That all sounds very (sighs) cartoony to me, even though the game doesn't really look cartoony. And when I think of space and cartoons, I think first of a guy from some of the most legendary cartoons ever. right. I think what we've got here is Marvin the Martian having a yard sale, and the neighbors aren't happy about it. Now, normally this is where I would launch into my Marvin the Martian impression, but I will spare you. I think you all know who Marvin the Martian is, right? The little short dude with the helmet who keeps trying to blow up Earth with his Illudium Q36 space modulator. Yeah, that guy. So, I think he's 70 yards. I think uh, that the story we have here starts with an introduction. With Marvin hustling around, saying, Oh, silly humans, reaching out from your puny planet exploring the stars. See, I told you my Marvin the Martian impression is terrible. Uh, and making my life miserable. Mars used to be a peacefully dead planet. Now I have to move. Rocket fuel is expensive. So to cut costs, I shall be limiting the weight on board. I am having a yard sale. My ping-pong table, old helmets, jetpacks, and old issues of Galactic Conquest magazine are all up for drabs, as are my space dice and space birders and space bow ties and space diamonds and space tires. All of it must go. All of it except the Illudium Q36 explosive space modulator. Because giving that up would just be madness. Alright, so that's the premise for the game, right? Marvin Martian's getting ready to have a yard sale. So now we're gonna hit you with some rising action. Ooh, customers! Hmm, but that doesn't look like official Martian currency. That looks like Earth money! And wait, what is that in your other hand? An Illudium Q35 space modulator? I thought I threw that out with my macrame plant hanger collection. Human, do not discharge your weapon. Oh dear. Delays, delays. Okay, so now things are getting real, right? Marvin was just trying to have a yard sale. He's got to move, the neighbors are bugging him. And here comes the humans, as humans are wont to do, with their weapons, ready to encounter him. What's a Martian to do? Well, what a Martian does, of course, is jump into the climax. For years I've let the puny Earthlings live, and now I've offered you my cast-off garbage. Martian garbage. And you try to hurt me in return. This is not acceptable. Of course, you realize this means war. Martin five cents on those space bow ties can wait while I reduce my neighbor to rubble. Take this! Um. Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom! Blast! No, seriously, blast already! No, not my space dice! I won the Martian Yahtzee Championship with those. Well, those dice and a molecular discombobulator are hidden in my helmet. But I still won. Earthlings At long last my dream come true. And then we come to the end of the story. The resolution of Denamon Marvin's reflecting on the day. Well, it's not all bad news. I made enough from the yard sale to acquire an Illudium-Q-37 explosive space modulator. Oh, Venus, prepare to meet your doom. I'm not angry, just terribly, terribly hurt. <laughs> And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Ruffermat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, iHeartRadio, among many other locations. When you have a chance, like on iTunes, please do leave a review. Um, you know why, you know how this works. There's an algorithm. You leave reviews, it helps other people find the show. Uh, it makes me feel good, it makes yourself feel good for doing something nice, and everybody wins. You'd be a mega maniac not to do it. Eh, you know I was going to get that joke in there somewhere. Email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can find show notes at ataribytes.libson.com. You can like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Atari Bytes. If you want, you can also follow me personally at Carnival at Carnival of Glee and you can if you're able uh, support the show financially because we do have some expenses here at Atari Bytes and anything you can do to help a little tip in the old internet tip jar is greatly appreciated and you can go to the Atari Bytes Patreon page to do that you can also buy Atari Bytes merchandise on our Zazzle.com store AB underscore pod underscore store and as a side note if you have fond memories of the animated adventures of Snoopy and the Peanuts Gang, or even if you just like to hate-watch the Peanuts specials, check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. A new episode drops on the 15th of every month. Next week, on Atari Bites. Dun-da-dun-da! dun da dun, 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 dun. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark! I promise I won't sing next week. Well, maybe I promise tune in to find out. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.